0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Walton Biz Talk, where we have casual conversations about professional things. We're a student-run podcast created by the Business Communication Lab in the Sam M. Walton College of Business. I'm Ryan Decker.
1: And I'm Jesse Schneeblen.
0: And this season, we're exploring the topic of health. We're going to explore a lot of different interdisciplinary approaches to the subject of health and really see what it is and why it's an important topic to discuss. We're back with another episode of Walton Biz Talk during the time of COVID-19. So just a little bit of an update before we get into the actual episode. Uh, There have been more restrictions in place, especially um, on certain states domestically in the United States, but especially internationally. Um, So especially now is not the time to travel, as I said last episode. Um, And it's becoming where you can't travel, even if you wanted to. So just stay up to date on those new restrictions to make sure that you're following all the guidelines. But also in other news, the tax day has been extended to July 15th. So this now means you can file and pay your taxes later this year. So just still make sure that they're in by July 15th. All right. Now, this episode, we're going to talk about the supply chain effects of COVID-19 and kind of what that looks like now, but also what it looks like in the future. So we have a guest co-host today, Garrett Braun, one of the other BCL tutors who I work with. Garrett, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Uh, I'm a senior, supply chain management and finance double major. Uh, I'm really interested in this kind of topic. You know, obviously in my classes, a lot of our focus has shifted to the impacts of COVID nineteen and this podcast and this episode specifically. Really good look at. You know, we're going to talk about what China specifically and that international
0: disruptions,
2: and so kind of seeing the big picture of what this is is now and what it's going to do in the future. I think it's going to be really interesting.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you for so thank you for joining me today and uh, let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Today we're here with Dr. John Kent, who is a faculty member in the Supply Chain Management Department at the Walton College of Business through the University of Arkansas, and he's also the director of Supply Chain China Initiatives. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Kent.
1: You're very welcome, Ryan. Uh, what a what a great uh, Uh, topic I think that we're going to talk about today, Uh, and you and I even have a uh, sort of special connection from our our China study abroad uh, trip last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I went to China with Dr. Kent last May, actually, almost a year ago from now, Um, and we got to learn about supply chain, especially in China. And so I'm not a supply chain major myself. But uh, this trip really interested me more in supply chain and kind of got me thinking more about how it influences the global economy. So I guess to get started here, can, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, right? COVID-19. Uh, can we talk a little bit about, you know, what this is and maybe how it's affected supply chains a
1: little bit? Sure. I, I think, you know, from the, the, uh, the, the medical standpoint, uh, you know, we can just call it a virus, I guess, that there's no... Uh, uh, cure for yet uh, but from a a business disruption societal economic domestic global uh, perspective uh, I first became aware uh, it wasn't called COVID-19 then but uh, first became aware of the virus on January the 6th of this year of 2020 and that was a Monday morning if I recall and when I woke up I I Look at my phone like I frequently do, and uh, on the news feed, I saw uh, news out of China uh, talking about this and then I, I I watch news in China just as much as I watch the domestic u s uh, news uh, mostly business news but also just just uh, sort of popular press kind of news uh, as well and when I saw this article about a a, a SARS-like virus in China. It, it certainly grabbed my attention uh, but for multiple reasons, but most specifically because I, I had a plane ticket to go to China the following Sunday. Oh, wow. Yes. And so I read the headline didn't say the location uh, within China. And so I read down and, you know, I was thinking, you know, well, where I'm going, you know, maybe it's not there, but I was wrong. And about the third paragraph, uh, it said that the uh, the, the virus had, had been found in Wuhan. And I, I, as as you may know, Ryan, I've been to China many times, uh, 100 days a year for the past three years, several trips a year, and, and I collect uh, Starbucks mugs. And I, in each town I go to that has the name of the town, and I've never been to Wuhan before, so I was really looking forward to go to Wuhan, not only for the meeting and food safety of all things, <laughs> that That we were planning, but also to get my Starbucks mug from Wuhan however uh, it, the 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 concern once I saw that uh, was enough that I sent an email to the host of the meeting at the University of Wuhan. It was a meeting to talk about food safety in the pork industry. And I, I sent the email, we, again, we already had my tickets set up and, and knew the dates I was going to be in Wuhan the following week, which was before uh, Wuhan was shut down, like two weeks later.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I sent an email and asked if, if we should consider postponing or, or what what he thought about this issue of the virus. And, and he replied back almost immediately, because I'd sent my email relatively early in the morning we'll say seven o'clock which would have been about eight o'clock in the evening there and he replied back and said he would let me know something within 24 hours that he was certainly aware of the issue and within two hours I received an email that that said we were going to postpone the meeting uh and wh- wasn't sure when but at that point we were all thinking maybe in February and I would just cancel my tickets and and uh, uh use them again in February and so, you know, fast forward, you know, till now, we clearly uh, see that, that 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 may have been the beginning, but that of my my understanding, but now I've probably read, uh, I don't know, well over 100 articles, multiple articles a day since January 6th. Uh, so as my wife would tell you, I've been steeped in this topic for over two months now as she left to go to work this morning, in Bentonville, she works for the state of Arkansas in Human Services as an essential worker. Uh, they're having uh, exponential growth in claims each day, and you know, I'm I'm wanting her to wear a mask, and, and you know, all the things that I've seen, uh, mm-hmm. for the last two months is this transpired uh, uh, in China and and now around the world. So that's sort of my context, if you will. Now more. Uh, specifically, uh, as far as disruptions in the supply chain uh, from from January sixth until really February sixth, for about a month, uh, the disruptions didn't seem as, as as they that they might not be so acute, so drastic uh, as as you, I think, know, and, and maybe many of our viewers, I'm not, our viewers, our, our listeners uh, might know. Uh, there's a uh, uh, Lunar New Year, uh, um, uh, Spring Festival. Both of those terms are used to describe. It's really the big holiday in China each year, much like our Christmas New Year two-week kind of holiday that that we're very accustomed to. Well, in China, that happens end of January till the you know the first or second week of February each year, and and so that disruption from a supply chain perspective has been factored in to supply chains going into and out of China for, for 30 years as, as China has become a, a really strong global player. And, and so the, the safety stocks associated with that disruption were already factored in. And many of us hoped that would be enough. Uh, as we know now, it, it wasn't, it's gone on much longer than that. And so the, the supply disruptions from uh, the way that China managed the epidemic uh, uh, in their country that they essentially did not go back to work after spring festival holiday. So that week or two, or in some cases, even longer holiday period for people uh, was extended. And, and it's just now in China starting to, uh, people are, I hesitate to say getting back to normal, but but I think that's probably the best way to say it, but they're starting to, it's still not back to normal. Sure. And, and that includes the universities, uh, they, uh, for the first time ever uh, uh, really embraced online education because they had to, uh, and, and so the universities didn't, the, the students did not move back to campuses of, across China, and, and it wasn't a, a university decision here, a university decision there, it was all the universities in China will not have on-campus spring semesters. So all will adopt uh, online or alternative techniques for uh, uh, for for the classes, and so they're still having classes, and much like we're involved in right now, and, and we've e- experienced it some because because online education in the U.S. Uh, has 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 caught on for 15 years or so now, and so we're we're more, much more mature in using that. Um, so that's how it impacted the the education aspect of China, and, and I would say the white collar business aspect as well. Uh, much, of, uh, much of that is, is happening just like we've started implementing in the last couple of weeks in, in the United States. And, and I'm gonna say one more thing and then I'll, I'll, I'll listen for some follow up, but the one more thing is, is, is what the rest of the world, the impact of what happened uh, in China over the last two months, uh, the, the rest of the world, uh, as, as China as a supplier to the rest of the world. So, so that safety stock that had been built up for that, that spring festival holiday, it, it has mostly been depleted. And the ports and the factories went from that first uh, part of uh, February up until about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And there was just almost no activity. And again, now that's the beginning, and, and the other side of the supply chain is not the supply side, but the consumer side. So almost immediately, when the uh, uh, when when the central government in China uh, put everyone in uh, uh, mostly a lockdown mode, where they stayed in their homes, uh, I, I communicated regularly with. Uh, with friends over there, and, and they would be in their homes, but one family member you have to eat, <laughs> and so so one family member uh, from the house could go out every I think it was two or three days to the market, so the the grocery market stayed open. The, you know, our friends at Walmart have been a big big player there, just like they are now in the United States with their groceries, and and they would go out, to, and I call it in maybe not full gear like we see in the medical uh, aspects in, in China, because in, in, in China, the medical aspects, uh, they have protective suits and, and, mm. and shields, plexiglass seals, along with that, that standard face mask that many of us have seen. Uh, but they would have to wear those or they couldn't go out. Right. And so they would go out and, and get groceries, but they wouldn't go to the Apple store or to the, to the Starbucks or to the uh, Ford dealership or the Buick dealership. Uh, you see where I'm going, to the to the more mm-hmm. uh, uh, non-food retail purchases stopped. So right. for those multinationals that are doing business in China, their business stopped from a retail standpoint and for the rest of the world, it was that supply side or production. Interesting.
0: So China, one of the things that they did that was very different than what we've done so far, I guess, here in the United States is that mandatory shutdown. Um, especially, this definitely would have impacted the supply chain since all the factories and things like that were shut down as well. Um, so you said they, they ran through the safety stock pretty quickly. So what impact has that had on um, the rest of the world as well as China itself?
1: Mm-hmm. If the rest of the world hadn't been as impacted as it is being uh, and has been in the past few years, weeks, um, I think we would have felt it more, Ryan, because we're now slowing down and have been for a couple of weeks and around the world is slowing down, making non-food retail purchases. So, so for those finished goods that were non-food retail purchases that were coming from China, uh, maybe we're not demanding them as much because we're not out buying that washing machine or whatever it might have been. Now, for the component parts for the factories around the world, um, they have they have been impacted. But now, those factories that we're seeing close are being closed because the current. The COVID nineteen is is in our country, or in Italy, or in whatever country you want to pick, and so we're closing our factories not because of the lack of raw materials coming or component parts coming from China, because now we can't go to work. Uh, so it's 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 really uh, had a. If we'd have had this same conversation three weeks ago, I wouldn't even have said that last paragraph, um, and and would have would have I think we would have depleted. Our safety stops more quickly, but what we're depleting are are, are, are everyday personal care products uh, and food on the the store shelves. Now, the good news is most of those supply chains for food and, and personal care products are domestic and And the factories are in the US, and so they it's a much much tighter uh, you know it's not a global supply chain. And, and so as we you know, I'm sure you or, or myself, as we might go to the uh, to the grocery store, uh, we see those shelves, so that says that safety stock is not there, uh, but that is replenished very quickly. It doesn't have to come from three three weeks away transit time uh, from China on a shipper or maybe just a couple of days if it's a air shipment.
2: Hey, John, uh, just jumping in, obviously a, uh, a big talk in the past, uh, I guess year or so has been the, the trade relationships between China and the United States. How do you see in a time with a sudden disruption, is this an opportunity to work together to try to stimulate uh, those products that are in lesser demand? You know, the, the shipments mm-hmm. that are coming in, a lot of that international supply chain are the things that mm-hmm. currently we yeah. need the most stimulus in. Is that something that you see might actually come out of this?
1: I think that is, a, that is my favorite question. That is an excellent question, is how can we um, reflect on the last year and a half, two years of, of global economic slowdown because of the tariff wars or trade war And most specifically, uh, you know, we have been, if you want to use that term at war with trade, not only with China, but with Europe, with our our Canadian and Mexican neighbors. Uh, We've resolved some of those, but the the, the trade war that's had the biggest global impact is the one with the two largest economies in the world. And while the consumer economy in the US um, has been healthy, the business to business economy in the US has, has been, I'll say, uh, it, it, we're not in a recession, but if you look at GDP, which measures the overall economy, it's still relatively flat and at a relatively modest, you know, two, three percent growth rate. Uh and, and, and so how do we and, and so I'll slow down, I won't say how do we, uh, the um the 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 tariffs. Have, uh, have impacted what might have been a, a, a bigger growth or, or more healthy growth for the global economy and the U.S. economy as well. And so now we were, we're coming into to this, this, uh, this COVID-19 and, and the disruption that it's, it's having. And as, as we've seen in the, in the sentiment in the stock market, but also in the retail markets, non-food, uh, in the business markets, we're talking, you know, major stimulus. We're talking major, you know, interest rates cuts, the levers that the government can pull, they're pulling, but there's one significant lever that, that I think could be pulled and that lever is, is the tariff lever. And my recommendation, if, if, if I were on, I think there's a new supply chain council being formed in in Washington, either in, in the House or the Senate, or I'm not sure, maybe even coming out of the White House. I would recommend that we look at those tariffs and, 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 and we innovate. You know, We don't use a traditional, or in addition to, I should say, in addition to the traditional interest rate and stimulus option, let's, let's make a big change, unexpected change, in the tariffs and let's roll the tariffs back to pre-Trade War times. And, and maybe even take this opportunity, if we really wanna disrupt and, and change things, maybe even uh, put a plan in place after that immediate rollback. Uh, President Trump and President uh, 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 Xi Jinping and China, uh, they could get on the call this afternoon and say, let's, let's roll these tariffs back tomorrow. And then let's put a plan in place over the next two years to, to, to continue that rollback. And I think reducing that tax, because that's what a tariff is, reducing that tax from the citizens in both countries would not only positively impact our two countries, but it would it would help the world in this time of, of, of uh, disruption from a unknown risk that's happened with the uh, COVID-19 virus.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really important point is that this really is a global pandemic, right? And so whatever we can do to help the world, um, not necessarily just our country, um, Mm -hmm. but the world and the global economy is really important right now because it's not like this is slowing down. And we can see that rates of new infections and things like that just keep increasing. So Mm -hmm. trying to get ahead of that and, you know, making sure that global economy stays afloat because going into a recession uh, would not be a good a good thing right now Um, and seeing like you know what can we do and taking innovative approaches like that um, looking at the tariffs that have been such a big deal over the past few years um, and seeing what we can do to you know stimulate the economy.
1: Exactly and and, and again I think and those are just decisions that can be made by the presidents of countries. Um, they implemented them, and they can turn them around and go the other way we don 't have to wait two months for a check to show up in the mail uh, it It starts happening immediately it so It shows uh, an interest in global health since it 's a global uh, a pandemic it shows leadership and then this supply chain council once once if that barrier would would be removed from a supply chain flow perspective, um, th- then maybe there are some other supply chain techniques. That we can talk about that are that are related to headhaul and backhaul, just a basic transportation uh, efficiency is to load the ships with freight in both directions, and and of course that's what that's what I think was the primary purpose of the trade war to start with was to try to get some balance there, and and I think China would would listen and and would work closely with us to. You know whether that's soybeans or whatever it is that we can put in those empty containers going back to China, keep the the containers loaded coming to the U.S. So so get that transportation balance is my point, and that's an efficiency in transportation that would help reduce costs in the global economy, and that would make us more more healthy. That would give us more room for for positive growth. Um, also, inventory is as you know is a is a big aspect of. Of just basic supply chain management, and 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 maybe we start talking about the safety stock for uh, uh, global pandemic uh, type of of products. You know, medical products, the 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 ventilators that we hear so much about, uh, um, the, the you know, the mask, whatever whatever those would be. I'm I'm not an expert in that, but I'm I certainly feel like I'm an expert in. Okay, let's talk about your products. Uh, that you need in the medical industry or the products that we need in whatever industry. Uh, let's talk about the, the uh, technology. Uh, as, as, as we all know, technology is one of the uh, aspects of the trade war that's been um, very different from the past. And, and, and there, there are likely some legitimate reasons for that. Uh, uh, and if there are, let's talk about what those products are and, and how we continue to work together on maybe some of those, you know, areas that are uh, electronic products for for home entertainment um, and, and things that are more uh, sensitive from a, a national defense standpoint. Then then let's figure that out. And and so so again, inventory, safety stocks, transportation. There are some fundamental aspects of supply chain management on that that physical flow side that we could we could. Uh, um, I think, get, make some good decisions on to help the world, uh, but also the word management in supply chain. One, one of the, the most strategic aspects of supply chain management is the, the relationships and the collaboration that can occur if you trust each other. And, and sometimes when I say that to people, I mention U.S. and China, they just look at me like, that's impossible. It's yeah. not impossible. <laughs> I, I I have I have uh, uh, worked enough for the for the and I've been going to China for 20 years, but but I've worked enough the last three years to really develop some deep trusting um, not only personal relationships but but uh, organizational relationships. Uh, we've had troubles, we've negotiated, uh, and you know at, at points we would wonder if we were at the edge, but but we ended, we worked through it. So where I'm going with that train of thought, in supply chain management, not only do we teach transportation and inventory, but we teach relationships and, and functional, collaborative um, relationships. So, so look at that perspective as well.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a good point, especially recently. We've been seeing a lot on the news about you know, distrust of China or um, things people believe about how this virus actually started and ulterior motives and things like that. And so I think you know since I've been to china i've before I went to China, I heard all of this talk, and I didn't really have anything to compare it to. Um, it's like you know I hadn't interacted with many people from China, um, but since i since I've gone over there, I've been able to see the relationships that we've built as a college with them um, and also as a country with them, and it's not like we're two separate groups of people, right It's not like we have different uh, motives or different end goals. Really, we want the best for our countries just in general. And so I think, you know, collaborating with each other, building these relationships and really working together to come up with, with a solution mm-hmm. is really the best case scenario
1: for both parties. Agree, agree totally. Uh, as, as we both know, as everyone knows, we have two different forms of government, but we, 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 we have a common denominator and it's called our citizens and our people. And, and I would even say our, our core values, Ryan, uh, you know, riding around Beijing, I'm I'm try. I can't remember all eight of them, but but as I read the core values that are are posted in in numerous places around China, I read those. They're, they're very similar core values to to us in the United States and to people around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
2: Uh, how does this kind of shifting towards the future? Do you think there's going to be lasting differences to what the retail industry or what the uh, supply chain looks like now that in a, a post you know so we we jump forward however long it takes but it's a post COVID-19 supply chain retail industry mm-hmm. are there going to be noticeable differences either domestically internationally or both?
1: I think I think so it's th- this will be a nine eleven 11 kind of uh, event um, and and so so the as we say you know travel uh, even even supply chains but certainly uh, you know travel has has changed since then and so, so supply supply chains will change and I think in one way they'll be a little less efficient and I say that because there will need to be more safety stock we will all be a little bit more um, uh, maybe a lot more is probably the right word <laughs> a lot more aware and of, of of safety stock and, and and whether that safety stock is medical related or or other types of uh, products it will probably be both that means we 're going to have to store those products that 's what safety stock is is a physical you know item in storage that we don 't need that we 're waiting on for an emergency and and hopefully we'll, we won 't have to use so so that i think most certainly will happen and and the you know the, the realignment of supply chains uh, uh, around the world as they have to do with 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 China or 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 the U.S. or other countries. Uh, th- there will continue to be change there, even if we roll back the uh, the tariffs, like I mentioned. Um, there are legitimate reasons uh, that 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 technique was used to disrupt um, the relationship if you will, and, and those reasons need to be addressed. And I think they can be addressed, but this, 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 so this decoupling and recoupling of supply chains, uh, I'd call it the fine tuning of the supply chains. Um, that'll occur. Uh, is China going to diversify uh, soybean purchases from the United States to, to Brazil or, or increase that more from Brazil? The answer to that is of course they are. They're afraid this is going to happen again. Uh, would they still buy soybeans from the U.S.? Hopefully that is of course they are. Will they be in the same ways as before? Never again they will. Um, and, and so whether it's soybeans or or whether it's uh, uh, Wi-Fi routers <laughs> or, or cell phones or, or, or automobiles, whatever it may be, I think the answer is, is yes. And we were we were in the process as supply chain professionals, um, not for the whole last two years, because it took us about a, you know six months or a, 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 almost a year to figure out this is really a, an issue and it's not going away. So and it's still not going to go away. We we need to work through that and and I just hope that that we can work through it in a collaborative, uh, respectable, more collegial professional maybe is the right word to to get back Ryan to our our epic. Uh, values in the Walton College in, in a professional way. Yeah. And, 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 and look at the, the new needs of the world, how they've changed, and in, in, in a professional way, make those adjustments.
0: I think that's one of the biggest things that's come out of this, or is coming out of this, I guess, is reevaluating what the global needs are. Um, in times of crisis, like a pandemic, we really have to step back and be like, okay, what do we really need? Uh, What are the essentials here? What can we do to provide for everyone, Um, and things like that? And I think that will have a a definite impact on the supply chain industry or in supply chain of many different industries. One thing that I thought was really interesting that I've heard recently in the news is, like in the U.S., um, I've seen distilleries that traditionally produce alcohol and things like that. They've been shifting their production to more, you know, hand sanitizer and things like that because they see the need. Um, So, do you think in the future that Uh, different manufacturers are going to be more agile or adaptable in these situations and be able to do that more frequently?
1: Yeah. yeah. The word agile. Yes. When I was preparing for our call, I I actually put that word on my notes. And so so your example for the hand sanitizer, the example uh, in China was, uh, there's a town in, in China called sneaker town, like tennis shoes. And it's because there's a lot of, there are a lot of tennis shoes manufactured there. And they converted some of their tennis shoe lines, sewing machines and lines over to uh, lines to make the face mask uh, uh, for, for, for the, the medical needs. And so that agility, there are, there are a few excellent case studies that I think will come out of, of, of this disruption, uh, the COVID-19 disruption that showed Agility almost overnight, or in a couple of you know a couple of days, they were able to completely change their assembly lines.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how, once again, going back to what we really need, um, I think it's really interesting how companies are able to just shift production and come up with things that you know are necessary rather than what they've traditionally been doing in the past. Yes. So along those same lines how can we prepare for the future um, in, you know, how can supply chains help us with this or various things like that? Is it, should we focus on agility or is there something else we should be
1: focusing on as well? Well, well agility and, and, and I'll go back to the, to the management word in supply chain management and, and, and management is about relationships and organizational behavior uh, and, and, and respect and, and commitment to the relationship if there's not a commitment, a long-term commitment, then it becomes a transactional kind of relationship, and and so the certainly the 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 management style and of agility, but the management style of of collaboration with your suppliers and with your customers, uh, and and the math and the and the computer systems to to manage supply chains, we we've done a really good job over the last 25 years. So the I don't want to you know drop different names of companies, uh, but uh, but there are certainly proprietary systems and uh, systems that can be bought almost off the shelf to manage the visibility aspect is is maybe the right word. Uh, visibility aspect of of inventory around the world for 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 products. And so to 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 create that visibility for the physical flow of inventory, uh, continue to improve that in, in, in an agile way, including the manufacturing aspects. Um, I, I think we'll see a lot more attention there. And from a supply chain profession, uh, it's, it's just more work, which is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely don't have to worry about being out of a job, right?
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a plug for the supply chain major at the University of Arkansas, yeah, supply yeah, chain definitely. management. There we go. A lot
2: yeah. of demand yeah. coming up for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess final question here, um, I know everyone's definitely unsure about this, but in your opinion, looking to the future, how long do you think it will take to mm-hmm. not necessarily get back to normal, but to recover or to move on from the COVID-19 yeah. effects?
1: Yeah. We're seeing that a little bit in China, and they were the first ones hit. And that was that was what two months ago. What I said, January sixth, and you know maybe it was it was in December starting to happen. But but the disruption really started happening about the first of February, and so that disruption here, 45 days later, is starting to 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 get back to normal, starting to. So so I think we in the United States have another 45 days. And and I I hope it's just 45 days. We're not managing the recovery in the same way China did with the sort of the absolute lockdown. And so hopefully that doesn't um, um, slow us down a little bit. Time will tell. But if I had to give a number, I'd say 45 days, about the end of the semester. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> good timing. Yeah, good timing. And 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 maybe I don't know if that's optimistic. I, I you know I hear numbers like I'm sure you do of. Of, of you know, 18 months before we're back to normal, which may be correct. But for us to start seeing our numbers, that's the key, is for us to see the number of infected persons, the number of deaths starting to level out and go down. And that's what's happened in China in 45 days. They They have had a few days with zero new infections in many areas. Mm-hmm. And we start to see that, that's the, be- the beginning of, of, of starting to get back to normal, I think. But until then, we're going to be reacting to those those new cases, I think. Yeah.
0: Passing that peak of the curve, right? Yes. Once, once, yes. We, so, once we get past there, then it's, you know, it's looking better yeah. for
1: us. Yes. But I think that may be 45 days.
0: All right. Well, I hope it is 45 days or even less. Um, and I hope <laughs> it's closer to that than the 18 months that a lot of people are predicting. Yeah but awesome well thank you thank you so much for joining us today um i definitely learned a lot about you know the whole situation especially with supply chain um, and i'm sure our listeners did as well so thank you for taking the time to um you know and being adaptable and agile with as we move towards virtual recording and things like that um but we really appreciate your time
1: it was my pleasure